Welcome to Wrestling News Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And this is a special edition. We are one week away from NXT TakeOver and WrestleMania, the biggest weekend of wrestling all year long. Wrestling News Radio is going to be live with you covering everything this week. Stay tuned on our website where you can find us at www.wrestlingnewsradio.blogspot.com. We will have articles and a lot more podcasts coming for you. I want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM as well. Today, my name is Anthony Hammett, and I have with me Brian Compton and Mark Pitts. We're going to get into TakeOver and Mania, and let's go ahead and start it right now. I'll introduce Brian. Brian, welcome to the show. You are actually going to be in Dallas, Texas at TakeOver and WrestleMania. Go ahead and give us your thoughts on which one has you more excited and some things you're looking forward to. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to NXT for sure. That's one of the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. Mainly the card that's not too stacked but the, the quality of the matches is what I'm looking forward to. Debut of Nakamura, King of Strong Style. Definitely excited about that. The possibilities of maybe a outside interference, a Bullet Club debuting. I would have to say, unfortunately, I'm looking forward to, to NXT TakeOver more than I am WrestleMania. Sad to say, but it is what it is. And I think you'll see as we go along to this podcast, that seems to be a consensus with all of us here. Mark, what are your thoughts on as we get one week away here from TakeOver WrestleMania? Are you looking for anything in particular that piques your interest? Um, honestly, the, the biggest story going into the WrestleMania, and it should be the biggest story, is whether or not Shane's going to take over Monday Night Raw after this moment going forward and hopefully all the way up leading to it in this coming up week of wrestling and even on the show, I would like to see them give more emphasis on that. If I could say anything, I would say that the NXT TakeOver card feels complete and the WrestleMania card still feels like there's just so much that we don't know. For example... They've been telling us that The Rock will be at WrestleMania since the Royal Rumble. We get The Rock every week telling us about the countdown. The Rock's going to be here. And so, what is The Rock doing? We don't know. They haven't told us anything. Things like that infuriate me. They frustrate me. I will say that I have heard through the grapevine that Vince McMahon wanted Triple H and Roman Reigns to main event this card. Triple H knows that that was a bad idea and wants The Undertaker and Shane to end it. And I think, don't hold me to this, but I think that Triple H got his way and that Taker and Shane are going to end the show. I think that's the right call. Mark, do you agree? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, even though technically that uh, Triple H, Roman Reigns would be for the title and Normally, you would have your title go on the main event. This is for the company, and it could very well be Taker's last mania if he loses from what Vince McMahon said. So that's a much bigger stipulation and a much bigger story than even the WWE World Heavyweight title. Brian, uh, I know that you definitely agreed with me that Roman and Triple H, they seem to be on a path here to where... The crowd was going to go home very upset if Roman had walked away with the winner, and that's how you end the show. Is there any way they could flip the script here, and by the time WrestleMania is over, the crowd has a reason to hate Roman Reigns? Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because I've mentioned before on Wrestling Goons Radio, on our Facebook page, and also on Twitter, that... Roman Reigns could very well leave WrestleMania as the most hated man in wrestling. During the Hell in a Cell match with Shane and The Undertaker, I'm calling it now that Roman Reigns comes out and causes Shane McMahon to win and retires The Undertaker. And not only would he get rid of the authority and get rid of Vince McMahon out of the picture in one night, 
he would become the most hated man and give the people a reason to boo him. Mark brought up a very important point the night that Vince made this announcement that really piqued my interest. Vince said that this could be The Undertaker's last WrestleMania. He didn't say it was his last match. We can get a Roman Reigns versus Undertaker feud at some point. What do you think, Mark? I think that would be pretty interesting, actually. Um, I was about to say, um, I've also heard rumors that whenever the brand split happens, if it does, there's been people in marketing that has been told to put Roman on the blue brand. So I don't know what that means, if anything, really leading out of WrestleMania. I think that if they were going to do a brand split, that SmackDown would be the better place for him. Just for the simple fact that Mauro Ronaldo knows how to get people over better than Michael Cole. And that's not a shot at Michael Cole. I defend Michael Cole more than almost anybody. I just think Ronaldo is so good at telling stories. And that's what Roman Reigns needs right now. He needs the announcer to get him over just as much as the in-ring stuff gets him over. We're going to go ahead and hop right into the NXT TakeOver card first, though, which, Brian, we're all pretty much excited about. Austin Aries is going to be debuting at NXT TakeOver. Finally, Baron Corbin attacked them, and that's pretty much the only interaction they've had. This match should be pretty good. I think, though, I'm worried about Austin Aries being able to get a lot of his moves off against Baron Corbin. He does a lot of brain busters and a lot of head moves. Uh, Mark brought up a point that he has had great matches with Samoa Joe, though, in the past. Mark, uh, what's your thoughts on this match, or are you expecting a good one? Uh, yeah, I'm expecting a good match. Uh, Baron Corbin's improved a lot since his uh, days of squash matches, and he fought Neville, and he's fought Finn and all that. So, I mean, Tyler Breeze. So he's worked with smaller guys, and put on some incredible matches already. So I, I expect pretty good things from this match. And I'm, I'm not even questioning Austin Aries, first match in WWE that he's going to prove why he is the greatest man to ever live. I was hoping that maybe they were going to go farther with the Baron Corman, William Ringle thing. I felt like William Ringle was just like the pawn to set up Austin Aries in that feud. But I really liked the fact that Baron Corbin was challenging the authority every week. And he told him he was going to make him pay. Um, William Ringle and Baron Corbin, to me, that would help Baron Corbin's career out a lot. Uh, Ryan, could you see that or no? I could definitely see that. And I could definitely see Baron Corbin learning a lot from Regal if he hasn't already. As far as the match goes... It's going to be a great match. I am a huge fan of the Lone Wolf, though. So I got to think that he's going to give Austin Aries a run for his money in his debut match. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen because, like Mark said, you know he has improved. And a lot of people thought he was just going to be a squash match kind of wrestler, and then that's it. So I'm, I'm happy to see that he's improved his moveset and interacting with the, the crowd because... The hate for Baron Corbin is real. Well, that's good, though, and I think that NXT Breaking Ground did a lot for that. It showed that he really can be part of my language a dick, and that's kind of what we needed to see. We needed to be like, wow, this guy really is an arrogant prick, and if he comes off that way, it's going to make us easier not to like him, and it makes it easier for him to do his job. I think Baron Corbin is going to be a great heel, especially when they bring him up. I think that the role of manager is fairly underutilized, and if he had a great mouthpiece behind him, not saying that he can't talk, I just think that a manager adds a needed element that they don't utilize enough, and I think Mary Corbin is the perfect guy that can do that. Mark, any final thoughts before we move on from this? No, no final thoughts. All right, we're going to hop on now to a match that I really wish had started the show, and quite frankly, I kind of wish it wasn't even on it. Apollo Crews is definitely going to get a win here. He's facing Elias Sampson. My problem with Elias Sampson is simply this. I understand slow storytelling and character development. I get that you just can't put it all out there in one or two weeks. This guy's been on TV now for three months, and he hasn't used the guitar at all, so it, it's just a prop that he carries in the ring with him. 
Yes, matches last about a minute and a half, and their moves aren't that impressive. I'm not impressed with this guy, and he's going to have to show me a lot to have a good match with Apollo Crews. Brian, what is your thoughts on Elias Sampson? I have no thoughts on him, and what he is is not what NXT needs. Do you think that maybe he could have a good match with Apollo Crews? Absolutely not. I do not think he will have a good match with Apollo Crews. I think Apollo Crews will have a good match, and he will carry the match. And Elias Sampson will look okay with him being in the ring with him. Mark, what are your thoughts on Elias Sampson's character development so far in the direction of Apollo Crews? I, I think that his character development so far has been pretty slow. Um, as far as using the guitar, I, I think we might be be seeing it once he's more challenged, kind of like whenever Baron Corbin wasn't really challenged at first, they just gave him squash matches just to set up the platform. And then his first feud, then we started seeing more and more development of the character and more in-ring ability. I, I think the same, they're going to use the same kind of style with Elias and I do not think that the match is going to end cleanly, to be honest, actually. I think that we're going to get some kind of dusty finish in which is going to carry this feud over to maybe the next takeover or at least for another few tapings. As much as I complain about the quote dusty finish, a.k.a. rest in peace, dusty roads, I would not mind that at all, actually, in this because for the simple fact that it does feel like a dry one-and-done match. And so they do need something that would carry it on to the next level. After that, folks, I think we're done with the boring matches. Everything else we're going to talk about on TakeOver is phenomenal. Let's start with the tag team titles. The Revival versus American Alpha. Guys, I think that match just sells itself. Anybody that watches NXT, they're ready for this match. I love the Revival so much. But God, I want American Alpha to take over that tag division. Mark, what's your thoughts on the Revival and American Alpha, and what are you expecting from the match itself? My thoughts on the Revival and American Alpha are that they are the two best tag teams in WWE, quite possibly the two best tag teams that work together and use psychology and just the total package of what tag team wrestling is, maybe in wrestling period. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to agree. I think it's better than anybody in the world. The match should be phenomenal. Um, as soon as American Alpha does get their tag team titles, and I think that they, they're working and building them to carry the tag team titles for a little while, Full Sail is going to go nuts as soon as they get back. Kurt Angle is trying his damnedest to write himself into this. He's actually pitched himself to be the manager of American Alpha, but he wants to wrestle as well, according to Mark. I think he said four times a year. Yeah, he said like every few months or something like that is what he was quoted in a uh, an interview as saying. And he's trying to attach himself to them because he sees dollar signs in them. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? Do they need Kurt Angle or does Kurt Angle need them? They don't need Kurt Angle, but he does need them. Brian, do you agree or disagree? Would Kurt Angle benefit their career or are they better off without him? I think they're better off without him. I think the nostalgia of it would be kind of cool. But I think they're better off without him. I think that he would hold them back. I mean, not to sound so haste to judge, but I, I feel like... They're at the point in their career right now where sky's the limit and they don't need someone else interfering because it could be one of those, oh, well, they're just angle team angle 2.0 and they don't need that because they're American Alpha. The only reason I would disagree, and then you can kind of blame Full Sail for this, is because they just constantly check Kurt Angle's theme during the match and they just put Jordan Gable's name in it. The crowd is kind of trying to force their hand here. I don't know if it would be, for the short term, I think it would actually help them. Just for the simple fact that you have Kurt freaking Angle. And I don't think he should be with them long term. I think that would hurt them in the long run. But I also think that somebody like Kurt Angle teaching young wrestlers at the Performance Center at NXT 
and wouldn't be a phenomenal idea. And I know Triple H and Kurt have history in the past that isn't good, but I think Triple H needs to overlook that. And Kurt Angle can be a very big asset in the WWE. If he was the manager slash part-time wrestler for them in NXT, fine. And then once they left to go to the main roster, he stayed there behind the scenes. Completely okay with that. But, you know, I want to I want to get this across too, though. I am way too damn excited for this match than I probably should be. No, I don't that, think so. I don't think there's any reason to say you can't get overly excited for this match. This match, what, like we just said, like Mark said, I, I mean, I love the Young Bucks and I love everything the Bullet Club does and I love War Machine. They're a strong team over in Ring of Honor, but American Alpha and the Revival, like if you haven't seen these guys wrestle, there you will not see tag team wrestling like this anywhere in the world. They are in the best in the world at what they do. No pun to Chris Jericho. Gable and Jordan, probably hands down two of the best true athletes in the business right now. I mean, you have Gable, who's you know wrestled in the Olympics. As far as their athletic abilities, it's by far above everybody in NXT right now. And by the way, did you see that vignette they ran last week? It was like. Seven minutes long where they told the story of Gable and Jordan. They need more vignettes like that because by the end of that, everybody had a, a chance to like connect with American Alpha. You know who they were now, finally. Not to mention they are great on the mic as well together. And, yeah, their chemistry just radiates. That's amazing. And I've, I've tweeted them. I've tweeted WWE. And for whatever reason, they have no rally towels for purchase on WWE.com. That is ridiculous. That it's is ridiculous. I would wear that stuff everywhere. Randy Willing and Gable. Randy Willing and Gable. Uh, you know, we haven't really talked much about the revival we've been putting over American Alpha. The revival popped on the scene and just immediately made us think of Arn and Tully, and they have just completely destroyed anybody in their path. I think we all want American Alpha to win this, but if the revival does go over... It really won't be that hard to believe. I think when the Revival gets to the main roster that the tag team division, just, they're on notice. This Revival team is something like we've never seen before. Their moves aren't like high-flying and impressive. They just beat the living holy crap out of you. They pick a body part and they dismember it. I mean, like some people might not understand that type of wrestling or might not like it because it's not your flips and high flying stuff but it's no flips just fist and they will beat the living crap out of anybody and the psychology that they use and the ring awareness they literally cut the ring off in half and they keep the weaker of the two people in the corner the entire time quick tags every i've witnessed at least three matches that they've done where every single move that they did during the entire match was strictly to one body part and one body part alone. That is incredible. Yeah, like I said, I, I grew up, you know, watching NWA in the 80s. So the Four Horsemen, that's what they did. They would find a body part, they'd find the weak thing, they'd take it out, and they'd go home, go collect the paycheck. They get in, they get out, that's what tag team wrestling should be. I'm excited for this match as the rest of y'all are. Stay tuned for that. I would and, like to also input real quick, not to cut you off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. WWE, WWE tweeted out a picture earlier today of Baron Corbin standing with uh, the Revival. So I don't know where that's going to lead, but it was an interesting picture, to say the least. Oh, God. You're going to add more fuel parts, triple no. to the fire. Be careful. Okay, that was uh, that was in that was in. Um, they also tweeted out another one of the hype bros and Finn Balor. That was a house match, a uh, three on three match that happened. Oh God, poor Finn Balor. He had a team with the hype bros. Well, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, Balor, you have to do the, you have to do what though. you have to do. Uh, come on, Carl and Doc, hurry up, really. All right, speaking of which, name here, guys. Brian, I know you're so hyped for this. I don't know if you're more hyped than I am, and you're going to be there, because I just... I, when I first started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, the first guy I saw was Shinsuke Nakamura, and I was like, wow, this guy's going to make me fall in love with Japan Wrestling. He's the king of strong style. 
and he's fighting Sami Zayn in his first match. That sells itself. It doesn't need any build-up. It doesn't need any backstory. We know these two can wrestle, and this is going to be phenomenal. Sammy has to lose here, right, Mark? Well, Sammy, like he does for everyone, will make Shinsuke's kicks and punches and knees seem like they're causing a concussion every time. Um, Million-dollar sales each and every one. But, yeah, Shinsuke is definitely going to go over this match. And hopefully no WWE doctor watches the match and tries to check up on Sammy after it. Yeah, because he's going to over. They'll be like, look, you can't be in the ladder match a couple of days from now. Speaking of which, Brian, are you a little shocked that 48 hours from having this strong style match that he's going to have a Nakamura, and you know it's going to be strong style, that Sammy's going to work a ladder match at WrestleMania just 48 hours later? Okay, first off, it's hard to judge which one of us are more hyped for this match. I will say this, though. Sitting up at 3 o'clock in the morning with you watching Wrestle Kingdom 10 for New, New Japan Pro Wrestling, watching AJ Styles and Nakamura and AJ's last match in New Japan was a, a hell of an experience. I am super hyped for this match. That is one of the reasons I even bought my ticket to go see NXT was because he was debuting. You know, that along with the possibilities of the Bullet Club debuting but like you said Sammy is going down in the match it's going to be a brutal ass match and there's going to be kicks flying everywhere because he is the king of strong style and I'm not surprised that Sammy Zayn is going to wrestle 48 hours later because Sammy Zayn is a hell of a worker and WWE knows this I do feel I know we're not doing predictions, but I do feel like the loss for Sami Zayn is going to gain him more than he's going to lose. Yeah, but we're not going to say. Yeah, we're not going to do the predictions. But like I said, and Takeover, if he does lose to Nakamura, I can definitely see him holding that IC title as WrestleMania that match ends. Like that could be his payoff for putting Nakamura over. Mark, your thoughts on the any final thoughts on the Nakamura Sami Zayn match? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I can't wait for Tommy to be back. Him versus Nakamura should be really good. Um. It's and funny. I'm so excited. It's funny you should mention that because earlier today that is another thing that me and Brian discussed. I think when Nakamura wins, like you just you have a Tommy come out there, you get the light go out, you have a Tommy come out and just stare him down. You don't gotta do anything but a stare down. But those two, sign me up right now. But I'm so excited to see just new matches. I mean, with all the talent that's came into NXT especially and to WWE in general, we can see some matches that we have never seen, just dream matches. I mean, Nakamura versus Cesaro or against Seth Rollins. I mean, the the endless possibilities are going to be incredible. We're going to get Nakamura and Austin Aries very soon in NXT. That's mind-boggling. You're going to get Austin Aries and Nakamura. I, Austin Aries and, or you get a Baron Corbin and Nakamura. Oh, man. That's incredible stuff that we got to look forward to. And that brings us to the title matches of the night. We're going to start with Bailey and Asuka. This has uh, not really had a lot of build because it doesn't really need to. Asuka's a badass and Bailey's the champ. And again, we're not doing predictions here, but I really feel like Bailey is about to go to the main roster. Mark, your thoughts on Bailey and Oscar? I would love Bailey, and her title reign has been epic. But um, yeah, Oscar's might kick her head off in in the match. I'm I'm just saying that I have a feeling they're trying to set up. Nia Jax versus uh, Asuka, and Asuka might not just ever drop that title if she doesn't really want to. Um, Speaking of strong style, that is her style as well. And in a Divas match, that's pretty interesting. And it's funny you should mention Nia Jax, because I had realized a couple of weeks ago, they've done a really good job of taking Nia Jax out of the picture since they had that stare down between her and Asuka. 
I do think they're setting that up for their big money years down the road. And I think that'd be a great matchup for Asuka because she isn't going to be able to just completely own Nia Jax. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on the Asuka and Bailey fight? This match is going to look like the Care Bears threw up rainbows in the middle of the ring just because of their colors. But as far as the match goes, I can't wait for it. And I can't wait for the, the fallout from it. Like Mark was saying, you know, she may not drop the belt. You know, as long as she's there, she may not drop it. The biggest contender she had was Emma, and she's back on the main roster now. So the possibilities are endless. There's already two new, uh, two new women wrestlers that are going to be there that I think debuted at a live, live show th- uh, tonight. So possibilities are endless. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. That'll bring us to the main event, which I think we're all excited for because they could fight 10,000 matches, and I would watch all 10,000 of them. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Now, as Brian mentioned earlier in a discussion we had, Finn Balor did show on last week's episode of NXT when the crowd got behind Rich Swan. Finn Balor can work heel, and folks, he kind of likes it. Um... I think Finn may be on the way to switching personalities here after a certain faction game years, perhaps at TakeOver or the night after WrestleMania. Brian, are you ready for the Balor Club, a.k.a. the Bullet Club? I'm so ready for this right now. I've been ready for it. Can't wait. Like I said, it's one of the reasons I got my ticket for you know TakeOver Dallas. It's something that has to happen in NXT, in my opinion, and uh, I can't wait. It's, Mar- it's, they're going to take over NXT. Mark is under the impression that you cannot take storylines from other companies and run them in WWE without prior knowledge. I can disagree. Mark, I think that when they do go on the main roster, they're going right after AJ Styles. Tell me why I made me wrong. Well, I mean, NXT can do it. I mean, NXT does do it. It's the indie brand of WWE. Now, Vincent Kennedy McMahon does not allow it to happen without setting up a WWE storyline in the process. So your your grief isn't with me. It's with Vincent McMahon. So Well, wait, if you watch the Edge of Christian show like I did... On the, episode, on the thing that will WWE talk about it, AJ said they will talk about the Bullet Club. So, Yeah, because Vince McMahon purchased it. You didn't know that? I didn't know he bought the name to him, but why, why can't Yeah, he, he bought the copyrights. So, But New Japan's still calling himself the Bullet Club. Yeah, it, it's, similar to, it's similar to uh, CM Punk's ordeal. I heard they didn't purchase it yet. Yeah, they, they purchased that, and then they also made the Bulletproof BC as well. I'm, like, it, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's going to be two different factions. What? Uh, okay. Wait, you, you think they're going to be two different factions, the Bullet Club and Valor Club? You think they're not going to be the same faction? No, I think they're going to be two different ones. I disagree. Completely. Please, please, please tell me no. They're going yeah. to ruin it now. It's going yeah. to be like NWO all over again. Yeah, we're going to have Wolfpack and Black and White, really. <laughs> I mean, if if you look at all the tweets and look at all the merchandise that Finn Balor has been putting out, it's called Bulletproof BC, Bulletproof Bulletproof Baylor Club. It's going to be the Baylor Club. Vince purchased Bullet Club. That's going to be set aside for AJ, I believe, is what they're going to run with. Uh, that, that's a horrible idea. That is so horrible. Ben Balor started Bullet Club. You can't, oh, man. Uh, He's the one who changed it to Baylor Club whenever he first came into WWE. All right, so let's go ahead and go in a different direction before we end the NXT talk. Let's talk about Samoa Joe, the other guy that's actually in the match. Is he destined to go to the main roster anytime soon, or do we see him have a long run here with the belt in NXT? Brian, I'll start with you. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one, because if he gets the belt at TakeOver, then 
that's a possibility the Bullet Club doesn't debut because I don't see Samoa Joe overtaking all three members at the same time to get the title. That would be a horrible debut for the Bullet Club. So I want to say that he does not get it and he remains in NXT to fight, you know, because I think he was supposed to go to the main roster already at this point, but they stalled that. But I feel like he doesn't need the title in NXT. The NXT was just a, a bridge to the main roster. Personally, I think he would be better off going straight to the main roster. And then the NXT can be taken over by the Bullet Club. Mark, I want to hear thoughts on Samoan Hill and what could possibly happen with him in the next few months. Um, um, if he does win the title off of Finn at TakeOver, then he'll probably keep it for a couple months. Um, I don't see a long, long title reign like Finn has had. Um, but I mean, see, y'all, y'all keep talking about the Bullet Club and Baylor Club. I mean, there's, there's a couple people that are, uh, former TNA talents now that are... Alright, you can just in- stop here right there, sir. They're not gonna return to TNA, not even in NXT. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that maybe AJ has some friends in Samoan Joe and Austin Aries that help him against Finn Baylor and the Baylor Club. Yeah, what are they going to say? Hey, remember us? We were with you at that company that we can't name? Well, yeah, that 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 promotion or whatever they call it, that territory. I don't think they will do it. I think that that's one thing they'll keep Amazon and act like that they never knew each other, I think. I mean, you had Rude and you had Rude and Storm together with AJ at one point in time in TNA. Yeah, well, Rude is a free agent with Eric Young too. I'm just putting that out there. I hope since Eric hadn't got a hold of him yet. And folks, that was the exciting part of the show, and we apologize in advance for the next 15 minutes, and it's probably going to be a lot shorter. Now we unfortunately have to talk about WrestleMania. Uh, this card has definitely not been booked as good as TakeOver, and it shows with all the holes that it still has in it. We're going to start with one of the pre-show matches, which is the Andre and the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Ask me who's in it. I don't know. Ask me who's winning it. Want somebody in the White Family. That's all that makes sense. And I'm not doing a prediction show, of course, but folks, if you miss this match, don't worry. You're not really going to miss much. Mark, is you expecting anything from this to entertain? Um, the winner's probably going to get buried along with that title, or that that statue, like the last two have, so hopefully it's not anyone in the Wyatt family, because I don't think that they could go any lower. Uh, well, keep watching. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> what do you think about the Andre the Drop Memorial in the room? Well, I don't see a point in it. And... Honestly, it really doesn't matter who wins it because it's never mattered the last two years. You know, as Mark said, Cesaro won it and was immediately buried. Big Show, he's been buried his whole career, so that really didn't matter anyway. And this means absolutely nothing. It's pointless. And the other match that they're going to have on the pre-show apparently is going to be the Usos and the Dudleys. I would have swapped that with the New Day because the New Day is not defending their tag titles. I don't know why. Mark seems to think it's because they're going to lose it on the Monday Night Raw. That We'll just have to wait and see for that. But the Usos and the Dudleys. My thoughts are that the Usos are going to put the Dudleys through a table. Probably Nevon. They've grabbed the table too many times. And the Dudleys are on this no more tables thing. The story's pretty much writing itself. Mark, are you excited for this match at all? Mm, I mean, not really. I wish it was for the tag team titles or something. Make it a tables match. If you're going to put someone through a table, give me something interesting. But, I mean, I I don't think that they're going to have a bad match. Both tag teams are pretty decent, and they're pretty much veterans. So it is what it is, but it's just not really interesting. I know Vince probably hasn't noticed because we all know how out of touch Vince is with the audience, but the last month or so, the crowd has started to turn on the Usos. Like, they still do the chant with them when they come out, 
But there's a lot of booze in the Usher matches lately, and there's a lot of booze from Roman Reigns, and there's just a lot of times where things right themselves. Brian, do you see where I'm going with this? I do, and it's just one of those things. I think the fact that we have two matches on the pre-show is kind of an indication of how WrestleMania is pretty much stacked out right now. Okay, hold and, on one second. Are, are we talking about a heel trio? Sorry, sorry, I had to point that out. No, yes, 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 yes absolutely. Yes, yes, we are. They have never, I don't think the Usos have ever been a heel. Nope. Okay, and Reigns has been a heel, and he was great. He and, got cheered. And that, and that gives Reigns a chance to be a leader, finally. He's the guy. And then Samoa Joe debuts into the main roster. And let's not forget, The Rock hasn't told us what he's doing at Mania. The Rock could be forming this faction. And you have Roman Reigns spearing The Undertaker. Just saying. Uh, Mark, is there any chance that this ever happens in the former Samoan faction? Well, I mean, if we had a trios title, it would be great for it. But likely, man. Great way, great way to squeeze that in, sir. I'm, I, I, I was, that. I, I was going to leave that one. That, that's why I asked, are we talking about a heel trios? Another trio. It's great. But probably not. I mean, there, there could be a possibility of it. If Roman goes heel, he might need the Usos along for the ride. And they were the ones who kind of stopped him from beating the crap more out of Triple H the other week, so possibly, I don't, I don't really know. Let's go to the New Day and the League of Nations. I don't really want to, but we kind of have to. I never ever thought that the New Day would have a program where I could not get behind it, and I'm going to be honest, the last couple of weeks, these space promos have almost put me to sleep. WWE has found a way to kill the momentum of the New Day, in my opinion. Mark, tell me why I'm wrong or am I right? Well, they're still making fun of people. I mean, it, I mean, besides scaring the living crap out of me, two title match defenses in a row, which they played faces in both of them, and had they did kind of cheat their way into the victories both times, but they, they scared the crap out of me like they were going to lose those titles by playing the face role. So maybe that's Vince's way of, well, if I'm putting them as faces, then they got to drop those titles. No, Vince, no, you don't. Well, as I already said, they announced on SmackDown that that's, they just recently broke the record for the longest-reigning tag team title champions in cumulative days in a row. If you just now got that record and you have your biggest show of the year, why would you not defend your titles on it but still have a match? Brian, is there any other logic other than the New Day losing their titles on Raw the next night? My only theory could be that it seems stupid for them to defend their title against four members of one team anyway. So my theory is that they're going to figure out which two members of the League of Nations they want to you know, pick up the titles, and then they make it a tag title match. Or they take the Dudleys and the Usos off of the main the pre show and do a fatal four way tag match. I mean right too. Both both of the two teams of the four League of Nations already had a tag team title match this month alone. That is true. And then New Day did win by cheating both of them, so I just don't like the face promos. They're they don't they're trying to cut the same promo that they cut as hills, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You didn't like the Bootios promo where Biggie was on his knees talking about how he was a little kid, and if he didn't eat his Bootios, he was going to turn into this or that or that? I kind of liked it until they got to the point where, like, Seamus, the part I liked was the Russo, but he's like, oh, no, we can't talk about that. We can't. I liked that part, but... Yeah, like, their stick can just get annoying sometimes. Uh, in the back, when they're making every guy shake their booty, like, it's, it's stupid. Like, oh, you go from two months of telling everybody how much better you are than them and insulting everybody in the arena 
and now all of a sudden you want to dance with everyone. It it's just bad storytelling in my opinion. The only part I've always been dancing. This is one of the things where Vince actually heard the crowd, and I wish he hadn't. Have. The the only part I hate about this is the fact that they did their promo with the League of Nations on Monday Night Raw, and the League of Nations were laughing along with them, and it just it felt weird. Like you had them, you know, a couple of months before this, or maybe a month prior to this, that they were coming out. You had. King Barrett dancing with the New Day, and there are friends getting along, and then now they're fighting each other. But on top of that, you have the League of Nations laughing along with the jokes being made about them. Yeah, like it almost didn't even face now when he was talking about Del Rio not driving cars anymore and having his own personal ring announcer. That was good stuff, and Del Rio just kind of laughed it off. Like, I. I can't, I don't know. It's something that just feels off about They They oh. said, they're making fun of King Barrett, saying you have no kingdom, no crown, whatever. And King Barrett's like cheering for himself, like, yeah, they're right. Aren't I great? <laughs> king Barrett actually on the table at three said he's the worst king of the ring of all time. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, we're going to move on now to a, a match where it, it could have a really great build-up, and I don't think they gave it enough time on Raw and SmackDown to tell the story. Ryback, me and the big guy fighting the little guy, Kalisto. I don't know why, but I actually like that story, and I think Ryback needs to win this match. I think it would help him a lot to be the U.S. champion and to defend that against little guys, quote-end-quote, and that'd be a good gimmick for Ryback. Brian, are you okay with if Ryback went over, or do you think that Kalisto needs to keep this belt here? No, Kalisto needs to drop it. And I, it was cool seeing him get it from Del Rio, but in retrospect, Del Rio probably never should have dropped it. Ryback doesn't need to just beat Kalisto, he needs to beat the life out of Kalisto, because Kalisto has beaten Ryback once before already, so... Who hasn't beaten Ryback? I mean, Ryback's even beaten Ryback. <laughs> so he really needs to dominate the match and just, you know, derail Kalisto's title reign. And like you said, I like the idea of his gimmick being that he only defends against smaller guys. You know, that would be a, a nice little change to his gimmick, make him look like a bully. I mean, they did that before a couple of years ago, and it didn't work, but I think that maybe if they just did it a different way, it could. Mark, your thoughts on Ryback and Kalisto? Um, I think it's going to be a surprisingly decent match, although I'm hoping that WWE does take a page out of NXT's books and allows Ryback to D, or not DQ, but knock out Kalisto and him not be able to answer a 10 count or just have the ref end it and instead of just ending the match declare Ryback the winner by knockout or something like that I think that would be an interesting way to actually have him win the title and I I agree with Anthony I think the whole little guy thing would work until you have the former U.S. champ come back from his injury and then you run another feud between Ryback and John Cena. And maybe John Cena allows Ryback to go over. I mean, we can always hope. That sounds horrible. Yeah, really. I, my first thought is I just heard Mark talk with that. Really got to get me some Tylenol as soon as we finish here. Like, I just lost my dinner. Uh, John Cena, Ryback, please just... Oh, God. Uh, Intercontinental title match, guys. First thing I want to ask is somebody, please, if anybody has a logical answer, you feel free to speak up. Why is Zack Ryder in this match? Zack Ryder's in the match has because the job. devil is gone. All right, Mark said he had the job, and Brian says what? Neville is out of the picture. So they, okay, Tyler Breeze is still alive. Fandango's still alive. Anybody that has been on the main roster and not down at NXT time teaming with a guy who's hanging out at bars with Rob Gronkowski and it couldn't have been in this match. I don't understand. I, I don't Maybe. Know. I think that you just hit the nail on the head of why he got this match. 
because he's trying to get over Mojo Raleigh. I think that you just nailed it. I think that they are like, okay, well, you've suffered enough having to go down to NXT to try to raise this young guy up some, so here's your WrestleMania moment that you're not going to win. What, what the hell does that do for Mojo Raleigh? Well, his his tag team partner was one of the people in the Intercontinental title shot, and he did really well, and that just helps him. But I meant in like that Zach actually went down and tagged with him. That's how it helped Mojo, because Mojo sucked before Zack Ryder came along. Yeah, I was about to say, Kalisto being Ryback ain't going to do nothing for Sin Cora. Brian, what are your thoughts? I mean, Kalisto getting the U.S. title put Sin Cara in the IC title match. Yeah, I think that was because he wore a mask, actually, and it was a way to play off of El Generico. <laughs> Maybe so. That was I great, too. Whenever he said that, I was like, is he about to call out Generico? Nope, troll job. No, because that, that's an independent wrestler. Yep. That, yeah. never, that yeah. never happened. Can't allude to that on WWE television. So, Oh, man. So I, I really think Sin Cara is the one that's taking Neville's place as, as far as Ryder. People are getting behind him in NXT, so... No, are they really? Or are they just behind the whole thing? I, it could be, but this could just be a way to spotlight NXT in one match at WrestleMania, and they chose to use Ryder. I mean, to be fair, I mean, Zack Ryder has got himself over before. I mean, he he knows how to get over with the crowd. It's just he using the same gimmick that he did all the time, and you can't really do that. Um... And to make him to make matters worse, he's now put that image on one another wrestler. I, even though I will say they play off of each other pretty well, they really do. I hate Mojo Rawlings so much, but they still play off each other pretty well. I I think they need to be in a trios with uh, Bailey. So this match, Mark, I'll start with you. What are you expecting from the ladder match? Uh, is it going to be one of the better matches of the night on the card? Oh yeah, uh, I. I... I think that this will be one of the top three or four matches of the card. It, it normally always is. As I say, last year's was a great match. Um, the talent that they put into the match, uh, you have a mixture of some veterans and some high flyers and some people who are just crazy and like to throw them their bodies around. And do we see a pop-up powerbomb spot with Sami Zayn getting thrown through a table or through a, ch- uh, a ladder kind of reminiscent of the package through the ladder. I don't know. Maybe. It won't be nearly as deadly, but yeah, I could see him doing a power bomb where it snaps the ladder in half for sure. And, uh, you know, this is KO mania. That's what he keeps saying. Uh, but as Mark and uh, Bronson earlier, if Sammy is doing the favors, for Nakamura, I can definitely think Sammy, me and the Intercontinental Champion, and a lot of people are like, well, he just got to the main roster. Well, no, he didn't. He, people remember that great match he had with John Cena, and he was supposed to be there already. He was supposed to be there before Kevin Owens, and I think when Sammy got hurt, that actually wasn't the best thing to ever happen to Kevin Owens' career, because Kevin took his spot. And this is uh, going to be Sammy finally getting his payoff, I think. Brian, your final thoughts on the ladder match? I'm just looking forward to see what's going to happen. You know, it, maybe some breakout stars come from it. I mean, either way, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. And if they do do the uh, the power bomb through the ladder, it's going to be funny as hell if the crowd starts chanting ROH. And that can very well happen. I can definitely get one of those chances at some point. And folks, this is finally where the show might hopefully pick up a little with the three main events. Let's go ahead and start with Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar in a street fight. This thing has been the best story that they have told in, God, probably about a year, a year and a half for me. They've done a good job of limiting the amount of interaction they have, but when they do have interaction... It's really, really, really great stuff. I think Dean Ambrose is winning. I think Brock is doing the favors, and that's why it's a street fight, obviously, because they couldn't beat him any other way. 
That's going to be a great match. I think it's going to probably be one of the matches that I, I have a chance to be the best match on the card. Mark, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, Dean knows not to bring a kendo stick to that fight any longer. So we're just saying that Brock Lesnar can destroy kendo sticks. But he had Barbie, a chainsaw. He had a chainsaw, sir. And Barbie, and Barbie. So I mean, he he still has some options, and hopefully we might see another legend give Dean some other items. I don't know. I'd like to see some thumbtacks or something come out of this match. I'm just saying. I know Brock probably wouldn't, but I agree with you. I think that this is the only possible way to book Dean as the winner if they wanted to. Street fight, no holds barred, go at it. Ass kicker versus lunatic. Sounds like a great feud. So do you think do you think Osno's going to give him some head on Raw? Uh, I think what I'm going to ask is, is there any chance that any of these legends are ringside at WrestleMania or, like, you know, do anything to support Dean in this match? I, I don't think so. Maybe after the match they come down to help Dean out to the back or to raise his hand in victory, but that's about it as far as I think. Brian, your final thoughts on this, what it's going to be in JR would say a slobber knocker. I can, I can hear JR's voice, you know, every time he hits him with a chair or a ladder or whatever it might be that he hits him with, hopefully a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Stop the damn match! Stop the damn match! By God, he just tore him apart. He's got a I family just... with a really hot wife that used to work for us. <laughs> oh, God. Alright, so that it's, match pretty much writes itself, right? It's it's going to be a good match. I mean, it's, it's just going to be nothing but what t- the two men do best and beat the hell out of each other. And I do see Ambrose going over, but I see Brock benefiting from it more. All right, finger crossed, guys. This is the co-main event and not the main event. Triple H and Roman Reigns. Now, the WWE has rode this course all the way through that Roman is their face, Triple H is their heel. I think they realize that that's not going to work, and that's why they moved this match to the co-main event. Roman has to turn heel at WrestleMania. Please tell me I'm right, Mark. I I really don't know. I think that we might just be ending the match with Roman's hands being raised, and maybe on Monday you get a heel turn. But I I just have this sneaking suspicion that they're just going to go through with exactly the way that they wanted to go through. But on that note, Triple H changed up his music and went back to the old school and Roman started going through the Titan drawn, so possibly. Yeah, they've done a lot of foreshadowing, like taking Roman out of the crowd and they just haven't led into anything that would make Roman Hill, but a couple of weeks ago when they did that thing with Triple H in the car and they let up the door and Roman Reigns is standing in front of it. If that can't get you over, if that segment can't get you the crowd reaction you need, nothing will. And I think that's when WWE realize, you know what, this is not going to work. Brian? I mean, the door came open he started attacking Triple H and they booed him. Like, but I think it's part of the fact that, you know, you have them going against Triple H and they like Triple H more than they do. Roman Reigns. But no, I agree with you. Uh, he needs to turn heel, and he will. And we've already discussed how he's going to turn heel, so we don't need to get into that anymore. But he will turn heel at WrestleMania, and the people will have a reason to boo him. That is definitely what I'm hoping. We need something different to happen to Roman. And, you know, it weren't for The Rock. When The Rock turned heel after the crowd said, die, Rock, you die, after that heel run, he was over when he turned back face. It, the system is not broken. The formula is the same, and all you got to do is plug the equation in. But, you know, Vince has got to see that for what it is. Okay, so I have, I have a quick thing to add on to what Brian was saying. 
So if he helps Shane win, wouldn't that be kind of a face move because the crowd wants the authority out? What if he helps Taker and Vince take out Shane? Well, the the thing is, if now I know I've seen it too our, that he said he can't wrestle in any more WrestleManias, but I think that's just a way for them to leave it open in case they want to bring him back. What they do mean is he's got to retire. If Roman Reigns, no, it, <laughs> no I don't. I don't think he's done either. I really don't. I think Vince Vince chooses his words a lot more carefully than Shane McMahon does. Vince knows exactly what he means by he will never wrestle another WrestleMania. Now, Brian, you were looking earlier in the week that this could possibly be a dirty finish, which would save the Undertaker's job, correct? Uh, wasn't me. Hey, I might have been Mark. Mark, was that you that said that? What about something happening and Taker somehow keeps his job? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be some kind of shenanigans or some something, and either if Shane does win, then Shane will maybe have the Undertaker sign a new contract or something like that and guarantee it, or something fishy could it could happen coming out of that match. Is The Rock going to have anything to do in this match? We still haven't came up with what The Rock is doing in this show. Well, his insurance company won't let him get into any action, so he's probably just going to host it. But to get back on what we were talking about real quick, I realize that he, he chooses his words wisely, but it's to keep the option open. Casual fans not going to pay attention to the fact that he said WrestleMania. He's going to listen to the words that he said and hear that he said retire. If they don't choose to bring him back, they can always say Roman Reigns is the one that retired him. But he, but never, if, he never said the word retire, though. Right. He did say retire. He said retire from WrestleMania. No, he said this will be his last WrestleMania. Yeah, the word retire never came out. It was the word last. I'm, I'm almost certain he said retire. Uh, we'll go back and double-check the dialogue. I'll, I'll get to the but, next. I could be wrong, but either way, causing Undertaker to not be able to wrestle at WrestleMania anymore is damn near close to it because that's all he wrestles at anyway. And... You know, that's next in line with Brock beating a streak, and that's something that could, you know, be good for Roman Reigns as a heel. What the, what the crowd wants Shane to win that match regardless. So you helping the crowd out doesn't help you in heat mode. I'm going to be honest here. I think this is going to be one of those matches where the crowd is torn because you want Shane to win, but you don't want The Undertaker to lose. That would be, yeah, that would be where I would mean going with it. Like, I don't see where they, these two main events are kind of like, well, the crowd going to be upset either way, so we're going to have to do something. I'm going to throw it to Bart real quick. Bart, I skipped over in the Triple Divas match, and you said there's also another Divas tag match on the card. Go ahead and tell everybody about those. Yeah, so on main event, as Brian alluded to with Emma being on the main roster now, she joined with Naomi, Tamina, Lana, and even Summer Rae put their differences, Lana and Summer Rae put their differences aside, and formed Team Lana, which will be facing Team Total Divas of Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Paige, Natalia, and a member to be announced. So and after all that crap they did, that long four-month story about you kissed like a fish and I got your man, then it shook hands now. They're good? Oh, no. Lana was still talking crap about her, but Summer, <laughs> Summer said, you need me because even though you don't like me, you know that what I bring to the table as a physical, like, physicality and Lana's, Lana was still talking crap about her. So, I mean, they're they're kind of like in a mutual agreement that the Total Divas need to be stopped. Yeah, Summer Rae told Lana that Summer Rae needs the spotlight and needs the uh, the publicity. So she needs 
Lana, but Lana needs Summer Ray for the numbers. So they're pretty much going after Total Divas. They want to say that Total Divas is ruining their women's wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Basically. Okay, I get that kind of, um, hopefully it's not the pre-show, so uh, I don't want it on the main card. Uh, Mark, triple threat match for the women. We got Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. We've seen this match a thousand times before, and I could watch it a thousand times more. I think we all knew this time last year that these three women were going to be at WrestleMania doing this. I couldn't say that I'm surprised at all. We're not going to pick winners, but this match, what are you expecting from it? I'll start with Mark. See, this is another one like the Brock and Dean story that was told. I actually like the buildup. I wish that they wouldn't have had the second um, number one contenders match and they would have just left it at the double finish. I think it was stupid to draw it out for another week just to say that it was going to be a triple threat and have Ric Flair come in and like get disqualified and it drawn out to a no contest. But the story between Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte all coming up at the same time, you knew it was going to eventually lead to a triple threat. And if you didn't, as some people in the wrestling goons did not think that it was going to be, then you haven't been watching WWE enough to understand their stories. And this was pretty much foretold, like Anthony said, a year ago, or maybe even longer than that at their NXT match, that this was going to be the main event of the Divas at WrestleMania. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Brian, are your thoughts on that triple threat match before we can get to our final thoughts? This is going to be, in my opinion, a match that steals the show. And it's mainly because this, you know, as we've already talked about, this is the one match that no one can argue that we've known is coming and that the buildup has been there and we've anticipated it. This is the one match on the card that without a doubt we want to, want to see. Nobody wants to see any of the other matches really, but you know, it's going to happen. So I think this is going to be the match that steals the show. I think it'll probably be the best wrestling match of the night. I definitely do as far as the WrestleMania card. I don't know if it'll steal the show because of all the other big big stories they got that are going to follow it but it will definitely mean the best action of the night for that being said i'll go to brian for your final thoughts you're going to talk about takeover or wrestlemania whatever you want to get in and say to wrestling goons and remind everybody that we're going to be back on wednesday night to go ahead and drop that prediction show for uh both cards for you brian my final thoughts Unfortunately, with this being my first WrestleMania to ever go to live, it seems a bit lackluster for me. I'm still excited because it's my first one, so I'm fortunate in that. But I'm looking forward to NXT TakeOver more than WrestleMania, and NXT is going to be better than WrestleMania. Let me go ahead and give you a chance to self-promote too, Brian. You got a little thing you're doing, a promotion right now, Beard to WrestleMania. Go ahead and tell everybody about that. Yeah, I have this. Uh, I've recently shaved my beard, and people who know me, it's a pretty big deal for me. But I decided to, uh, on April 4th, the day after WrestleMania, I'm going to start fresh and grow my beard out. And it's not going to be touched, not going to be trimmed until... April 2nd, when WrestleMania 33 comes around. Well, so, and people can follow your Twitter where you'll probably have uh, photos and such on your updates, I would assume. I will have photos and updates. It will be on Twitter at Beer to Mania. And I will be posting monthly photos of the progress. So every time we have a pay per view and we do a review show, I'll be posting updated photos. People can like and share and retweet but it, it should be interesting to see since i do during the day work in retail hopefully don't scare people off <laughs> stay tuned for that mark your final thoughts on takeover and wrestlemania in general i am hoping that 
Shane somehow wins and we get a brand split, if nothing else. Shane takes Raw and Stephanie and the Authority because life without Stephanie McMahon on my TV, um, I, I had to deal with that for about four years and it was a lonely four years of my life. And you need the authority on WWE television. Maybe they'll get on SmackDown. Well, folks, this was a long episode. We're glad you stuck it out with us. We're going to be back for a lot more of these coming up. WrestleMania, as I said, we're going to tackle it hard. Be looking for articles. Be looking for shows coming up. And after WrestleMania, you can be checking out some Ring of Honor, some New Japan, some NXT. We're going to really get into a lot of different stuff here. Wrestling and Radio is about to pick up and take off even farther than we have before. We want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Shadow and Power Station FM. Online, you can catch us at wrestlingunsradio.blogspot.com. There you'll check out all of our social media, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and you can download us on iTunes and Stitcher as well, and Instagram. For iTunes and Stitcher, go ahead and give us a like and subscribe as well. Just find Wrestling Goons Radio. We can greatly appreciate it. For Mark Pitch, for Brian Cop, and I'm Anthony Hammond, we are Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And until next week, we'll see you. We'll be seeing you.